Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? I hope you're having a hope you're having a good day. I hope you've had a, a good week. I've had a wild one. I'm recording this on a Thursday. This show comes out tomorrow and today and of course when this show is out, we're going to be all in that big energy. We have a full moon in Aries right now, which is really intense and big and bold and brave and spontaneous and fiery. So if you've had a hard time sleeping over the past couple of days, just blame the full moon. I had a I had a super crazy night last night. So I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast so much. I think a little bit on social maybe. But Dennis and I, we have a bunch of foster dogs right now. <laughs> so we have our three dogs. We have Ringo, Keela, and Laika who are like, that's those are our dogs. And we used to foster animals all the time, constantly. We almost always had a foster puppy, a foster dog. Oftentimes we had a foster mom with a litter of puppies. We had years and years of just constantly having animals kind of in their halfway point on their way to their forever home here. And then we stopped. And I can't remember that exact moment where we decided, I'm pretty sure we decided both of us just like this is enough you know we're not going to do this anymore or if it that we started traveling a lot and now we have two foster dogs at the house dogs that were harmed or poisoned in our in our neighborhood that we took in and it took about five minutes <laughs> of these boys so it's Sammy and Asher they're two big boys super rowdy um, really fun, really cuddly, really amazing. But it took five minutes of having five dogs in the house for me to remember like, oh, this is why we stopped fostering animals. Our oldest, like, uh, so she's she's 12, which in stray dog years isn't 
super old. Like I really think she's going to outlive all of us, but she's kind of old. Like she's getting up there and she doesn't like change. She doesn't really like other dogs. She definitely doesn't like other dogs in her space and especially not two rowdy boys who like, you know, run through the house, banging into walls, eating our shoes. I mean, it's, it's really, really intense. So we had a couple of weeks of just madness trying to manage these dogs, you know, walking more dogs than we have hands to hold for leashes with Leia, of course, like thrown in the mix. And then got to a place where I just needed a little more space. Like I started sleeping really bad, really poorly. We had five dogs at night in bed and two of them would just like, they would just pace and go up and down and then fall asleep. And then one would try to like lie down on top of another one in one of the dog beds and then they would snap. And then it's just like, it was just not quiet, you know? And my dear husband sleeps through, he would sleep through a hurricane. Like, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast once, but we were once on a plane that I swear to God, this plane was like going down. It was one of those turbulence experiences on a plane. If you've ever been on a plane that has really violent turbulence, and I know I'm sure many of you guys have, you you know what I mean? The kind of fear where it's just like... <sighs> It was like my worst flight experience of all time. All the stewardesses strapped down, you know, and the pilot is totally silent. There were people vomiting on the plane. There were people screaming. There was luggage falling out of the overhead bins. I mean, the worst kind of turbulence you can imagine. And it was in the middle of the night. And, you know, like I, I got to a point where I was like, we're going to die. This is it. The plane is going down. And Dennis was asleep. <laughs> Literally full on asleep. I had to wake the man up in the middle of that turbulence and yell at him. And I remember what I said. I was like, we are dying and you're missing it. <laughs> like that would be Dennis. Like we would go down in flames and he wouldn't even wake up. You know, he would just be asleep for all of it. So at night when we have all of this stuff going on with the dogs, like he doesn't even know that the dogs wake up and that there's like stuff happening and that they're wild and all this stuff. But I have been awake all night, you know, for, for so long. So I got to a point where I was like, hey, we have a date now for Asher, one of these fosters to leave. He's going to Philadelphia to this beautiful family. Dennis doesn't want him to leave. He's so in love with his dog. I'm really excited that he's leaving just so we can have a little more peace. But he's going and I was like, you know what? I'm going to sleep in the guest room with the girls and then you stay in our bedroom with the boys. And that's how we're going to do it until until Asher leaves. <laughs> like Dennis and I we've never slept in in separate bedrooms you know we've never yeah it's just it's just for me it was like a radical thing to do and then I had one night sleeping in the guest room with with the girls with Keela and Laika and Ringo Ringo is like part of the girls girls group sleeping all through the night like totally happy everything wonderful and I've had three amazing nights of sleep that I'm just I'm just I'm like why did I why didn't I do this before now we have we have three more days before Asher leaves. So I think I'm gonna hang out up here in my little in my little like nook. Like it's been this weird thing. Like at the end of the night, Dennis will come up with me and we'll like spoon for a moment and cuddle. And then he like tucks me in and says bye-bye. <laughs> 
and then he goes downstairs like what the fuck how did we how did that how did we end up here I don't know but so last night and then here's me like I am at the top of the house in this quiet place with the the quiet dogs and everything is you know I'm the one who has the good end of the sticks supposedly and then we had this huge thunderstorm come through last night which is really rare for where we live and Keela, one of our dogs, she's so terrified of thunder, like thunder, lightning, fireworks, you know, New Year's Eve, it's like the worst day of the year for her. She's terrified. So she was up the entire night shaking, panting, freaking out. She does this thing where like when she gets scared, she tries to crawl on top of my head. I don't know what it is about my head that she thinks is like the safest space. And she's a pretty big, like heavy girl. I gave her CBD that normally really helps calm her down, didn't work. I was Googling in the middle of the night. This was like two in the morning. I was Googling like how, because she was freaking out so bad. We have these thunder shirts that we use sometimes for the dogs. I couldn't find it. I was like wrapping her in in, in the sheets, holding her, cuddling her. I tried bringing her into the bathroom to sit there and close the door and like find a safer space for her. Nothing worked. And then at the end of it, when I was Googling like how to calm down, you know, a panicked dog in the middle of a thunderstorm, I found this Spotify playlist called Calming Dog Music. (laughs) I don't know what kind of a person sat down and like curated this playlist, but it's amazing. Like it's it's amazing. So it's it's really kind of like happy go lucky, like quirky, weird. It's like someone sat down and thought like if I was a dog, you know, what kind of music would I really enjoy? Like it's weird as fuck. You go if you're on Spotify, you have to look this playlist up because it's really hilarious. So I was up like 2 to 4:30, almost 5 o'clock, listening to this weird ass playlist. <laughs> cradling my like 100 pound dog you know sitting in bed like just all 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 night finally you know the thunder went away and I got like an hour of sleep and then I come downstairs and I was like wondering I wonder how the boys did you know downstairs with this thunder maybe it was a whole thing and they are all like dead asleep no one has even woken up I had to wake him up at like 7 30 like hey I'm taking Leia to school bye <laughs> isn't this I don't know why I find all of this so funny but it's like I don't know the dynamic of relationships you guys it's yeah it's a it's an interesting thing so uh if anyone listening really wants a dog side note uh, we have one foster dog left so I, I probably didn't do a good job of selling him just now or like promoting him but so his name is Sammy he's an adult we don't know exactly how old he is he's so sweet the most annoying thing about him is his like overwhelmingly intense need for comfort constantly he's just a big lover, you know, he he never had, you can tell, like, he never lived in a house, he never lived inside, he never had a family, he never had security. Still, every single time I open the door, he, like, pauses at the doorstep and looks at me like, are you sure I'm allowed in here? You know, and he's been with us for over a month. He has a broken rib that, like, protrudes almost through his skin because I think he's been really kicked around and, and beaten and his He has a tail that's been weirdly torn off or somehow, like, I don't know how that happened. And, you know, he's a little weirdo, but he's so sweet, so lovable. And I really want to find, I want to find a home for him where he can have so much attention. 
you know, like, a, I don't know, like if there's like a single person out there wanting a dog to be like your partner in crime forever, like Sammy is a ride or die kind of dog, please email me. <laughs> or if you're a family and you're like, I don't know how he does with cats. Someone asked me that. He's great with Leia, like amazing, but he's never been with a cat as far as I know. So I don't know. He does chase the lizards and stuff in, in, in the garden, which is, which is kind of hilarious. But if you feel like you're in need of a dog and Sammy's like speaking to your soul. You can email me at <laughs> rachel at yogagirl.com. Okay. <laughs> that could have been a little like in between podcast ad. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. But yeah, so that's my, that's, that's my life right now. I would love to know how you are doing. So especially with this big full moon energy right now with the political stuff that's happening in the US. Oh my God. It's it's a really weird time. Also pandemic wise, like everything that's kind of where we are now in terms of things settling in some places and things getting much worse in some places. I have a, a really old friend of mine in Sweden who has a has a bar in Stockholm who sent me a video yesterday of his his bar and restaurant like jam packed full of people, packed, 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 like a regular, normal, busy night, you know. And then here in Aruba where I am, it's like you are the max amount of gathering that we're allowed to have right now is four people. You cannot congregate with more than four. You can't be out after 10 p.m. There's a 10 p.m. curfew every single night. If you enter a restaurant, like restaurants are open, but the tables are totally spaced out. You know, there's a max amount that you can actually have in every single space. Everyone's wearing masks. Everyone's, you know, as I'm sure it's like in, you know, most places where you are at right now. And then I saw that video from Sweden and I was like, oh my God, (laughs) like who knows what the right thing is? You know, I think that's one of the fascinating things right now is that, is that nobody really knows anything you know, think think about where we were in March compared to right now. Like, who did the right things? Who did the wrong things? Does all this stuff that we're trying to do, does it work? Does it not work? Is this virus just going to continue the way it is regardless of what we do? You know, is it like like a flu? I don't know. I saw these new numbers come out. And, and then obviously, I don't know what's 
truth, you know, but I see it's shared like widely across social that the mortality rate is actually so, so, so low. You know, this is justified that these complete shutdowns of entire countries and all this, this, this loss for so many people in terms of, in terms of the economy. And, you know, it's, it's a really weird time that we're living in. Totally, totally, totally bizarre. And um, here right now, Aruba is still at the top of the list, I think top five in terms of most cases per capita. And I have days around here where I just forget that Corona exists because I don't, because I haven't left the house or, you know, are you having days like that where this has become just normal and then you catch yourself and you're like, oh yeah, global pandemic. Oh yeah, the whole world has changed like really rapidly and intensely. I catch myself in those moments like, oh yeah, yeah, right. This is, this is why. Yesterday I taught a class at the studio, you know, with, we have like 10 people in class and, and it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's really, really, really weird. So I think where we all should be leaning toward or what we all should be leaning into right now in all of this weirdness, in all of this uncertainty is our daily structure. And I, I, I can't believe it's taken me this long throughout this year to actually get to this place, but, or actually, to, I guess, to, to really settle into the knowing of how important that is. And when I talk about daily structure, I just, I don't mean just the kind of, you know, the discipline of having a schedule and doing the things you have on your to-do list every day, but for you to anchor so deeply into your rituals of the stuff that you do every day in the same place at the same time to take care of yourself. You can't, you can't let that stuff slide right now. And I, I let, I let that stuff slide. I mean, you can't, that's like a hard thing to say. Of course we can, like we, we do what we do, right? We do what we got to do. But me, I, and I shared this a bit in the last podcast, just some shifts and changes I made in my daily stuff that helped me really quickly. Just noticing now, when I look back over the past two months, after, after I was in the process of almost getting canceled, <laughs> Someone recommended I use that phrase, being in the process of something almost happening versus it happened. Um, I uh, like I everything went out the window for me in terms of taking care of myself, like everything. Almost. I still had therapy once a week. I still have that as like a standing thing, same time, same at the same day, every single week. So that's really helpful. But in terms of everything else, everything else just went. And I think we all have we all have different places of, of kind of reaching that limit, right? Where just things get too overwhelming, too big, too hard, too heavy, that all of a sudden we just lose the ability to take care of ourselves in a way that we normally do. And maybe you've been there this year. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you have that feeling right now where it's just hard to get up in the morning or where it's really hard to do anything but lie on the couch. Like I felt that way for almost two months. Everything else felt like effort, you know, Aside from anything Leia, Leia Luna related, but everything else felt like effort, like rolling out my yoga mat felt like climbing a mountain. You know, the idea of eating healthy foods, like making a salad or a juice or a smoothie or, or whatever, like that felt just impossible. Going outside was like, hell no, absolutely not. You know, I, I didn't like Dennis did all the walks for all the dogs for two months because I, the thought of just walking the dogs was like, no, 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 that was... It was really, really hard, right? So I kind of, I don't know, I kind of wish that throughout those times 
And I was thinking about that because what is, is, and maybe what I needed was exactly those two months of wallowing in that misery and feeling so depressed to get to a place of like, okay, enough, right? But I also know the case for a lot of people is, is, is we don't get out of that spot, right? We get stuck in that in that place of depression. And the more time we spend on the couch, the more time we spend not going outside, the harder it is to contemplate making those changes in our lives, right? It's like we end up in this really negative spiral. So I kind of wish that I had in those months and I, and I, I, don't, I don't even really know how, to, how I would have asked for that, but that I had someone to go, hey, you know, kind of grab me by the hand and pull me off the couch and, and get me out of the house which maybe I wouldn't have been able to receive at the time. Like, I, I don't know. Dennis is really, really, you know, positive and really good at getting out all the time. The man bikes like 100 miles every Sunday, you know, and he mountain bikes every single Wednesday. He goes running almost every day. He goes swimming almost every day. He thinks he's doing an Ironman race next month. Good luck with that, buddy. <laughs> like, I just have a hard time imagining that like as a reality, it's in the US that there's going to be an actual Ironman race with thousands of people like clumped together in the sweaty rate. I don't think, I don't think it's going to happen, but for, for him, for him, I, I hope, I hope he gets to go, but you know, he's really good at that. And no matter what happens in his life, like he does what he does and he will nudge me, you know, especially at that time where I didn't want to go like, Hey, but why don't you like, you know, move a little bit or let's go to the beach or let's go outside or let's do this. And I was just like, no, no, no. And I kind of wish that, I don't know. I wish, I, I wish I would have gotten out of the house a little bit earlier because I know that those day-to-day things, even if they're small, even if they're something that you think is, isn't even making a big impact in your life, they do make an impact you know, that five minute walk that you take every day at some point, or if you have a dog and you walk that dog every day, even if it's like a quick walk in the morning before you go to work or whatever you're doing, like that makes a difference for you. And if you were all of a sudden to, to lose that time of walking your dog in the morning, that would impact you in a negative way, both mentally, emotionally, and physically. So it's like these little mini rituals that we have as just habits, they impact and in the end make up how we feel in our whole lives. So what I'm, what I'm recognizing now is just, okay, I'm getting up at five every morning still. I feel like I need to like pat myself on the back because I'm, I'm still doing it. The fact that I'm doing that is, 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 is changing my entire day. And maybe that's, that's a big thing, I think, for a lot of people getting up that early. Like, that's a pretty big shift in my life. But okay, so something like, I'm walking the dogs every day now, again, right? And it's like a short walk we take in our own neighborhood every day. But the fact that I, that I do that, that I, in the morning and in the afternoon, that I have that time to, like, you know, hold my kid's hand and, like, look at the sky and she collects rocks and, uh, you know, that I don't leave that to Dennis, you know, that I'm, that I'm not on the couch, for those minutes of the day, it makes a huge impact in how I feel about myself and how I feel in my body, you know, breathing that fresh air. And I think I got really stuck in this negative place of feeling like none of those things are actually going to matter. The longer time you spend without the daily rituals that make a positive impact in your life, the bigger and more daunting they're going to feel. Right. And the and the and then your brain is gonna start tricking you into, well, actually to make a change in my life to feel better, I'm gonna have to make a massive change. It's like, oh my God, I have to start like 
you know, doing an hour of yoga every single day after not having been on my mat for three months, or I'm going to really have to like change this whole, yeah, I have to get up at five every single morning instead of getting up at eight or whenever you normally, you know, like big changes in that sense, where actually all it takes is tiny, tiny, tiny stuff. The insignificant things that, that we don't think about that play out and happen every day, and especially the things that happen again and again in a day, that's what makes up how we feel. So if you spend more time doing things that you know actually doesn't nourish you than doing things that does fill you up, you're going to look back at the end of each week and go, oh, what a hard week that was, or oh, I feel so low, you know. My, uh, my therapist told me the other, the other week, last week or two weeks ago, she gave me a task to sit down and think about all the things that I do in my day, like all the things and parts of my life that are not a 10, meaning a 10 is something that brings me joy. A 10 is something that really fills me up. A 10 is something that's great. Like right now for me, getting up at five it's hard, but it's a 10, you know, watching the sunrise every day, give, having that space of silence, meditating, doing yoga, like just getting up at five, that's a 10 for me. Something that isn't a 10, you know, something that's maybe like a five, scrolling on Instagram, you know, getting stuck on my phone, doing something that isn't good for me. Like, yeah, no, that's not a 10. And her, her homework for me was to identify the things that aren't a 10 and then contemplating eliminating them from my life. And I was like, but hey, you know, we can't walk around living a 10 all the time. Like that was my initial response. Like what, this is crazy. Like we know we're all going to have to do hard things. We all have to go through, you know, stuff that we don't want to go through. We all have tasks that aren't fun. And, you know, we're, we're human beings like with responsibilities. Not everything can be a 10. And she was like, why not? <laughs> and I'm like, well, because that's not what life is. And she says, well, that's how you feel about life, right? Like life is something pretty hard. Life is something that, that has to be survived. You know, life is full of hardship and obstacles and, and death and betrayal and abandonment. Like that's how you feel about life. So yeah, of course, you're going to have parts of your life that are fives or threes. And this idea that life is this kind of struggle that you, that you go through, but doesn't have to be that way. And even the things that are challenging to get through, like getting up at five, like the moment in the morning when I wake up and it's like my bed is warm and cozy and I could just roll over and like, no, I can sleep two whole more hours before my kid wakes up on a good day. <laughs> like, why would I get up right now? Like that doesn't feel like a 10, right? But it is a 10, including things that are really hard, that are stepping stones on the way to something that you know is really fulfilling and nourishing, right? Maybe you're studying for a degree in a field that you're super passionate about. Not every moment of that process is going to feel like a 10, but if you're truly passionate and it's what you're meant to do and you feel that, it is a 10, right? And that's kind of the approach that I'm that I'm contemplating a little bit now, you know, what parts of my life, maybe I can do with a nine, you know, I have a nine over here. Maybe like this part is not my favorite thing to do. Like I had a meeting with our attorneys this morning, like that's definitely not a 10, but it's part of this part of, part of our business, part of stuff that has to, that has to happen for us to be able to operate across so many different countries, for instance. It's like, yeah, that's not a 10, but it's something that adds to a 10, which is this business that I love, right? Being an entrepreneur that I love, 
building all of these things that I love. So yeah, you know, feels like a six sitting there talking to, talking to, talking to lawyers, but it's part of the 10. So what are some things in your life that aren't tens? Or maybe even to get there first, we have to identify what feels like a 10. Because what if you look around your life and you don't have any tens at all? What if you look around your life and everything is like a five or a six? Whoa, what then? Right? Then maybe there is an actual big, big shift that we need to make. Chances are that you know what your 10 is. And maybe if you're like me, the 10 is like a reward of some sort right? The 10 is something that you do after you've gotten all the other stuff squared away. Like that's how I used to look at life. It's like a 10 for me is tending to the garden. A 10 for me is total quiet, peaceful time spent with my kid. A 10 for me is moving my body. It's doing yoga. A 10 for me is, you know, I have all these things that feel like 10s, but they don't make up my whole life, right? And then for a lot of years, I spent so much time immersed in fives and sixes, things that just felt like a drag, things that didn't fill me up, things that were really hard to get to. But I had this idea that this is stuff I have to do because it's who I am. You know, I have to, I have to be in these relationships and I have to take care of these people because that's my job. It's my role to serve in this way. You know, how many relationships do you have in your life that feel like slam dunks? Like a 10 is a slam dunk, you know, the relationship that's just effortless, that's easy, doesn't bring you anxiety, doesn't steal your energy. Like what's that 10 relationship in your life? And when I think about that in my own life, like the friendship relationships that I have that are 10s, super few of those, like I can count them on one hand. I think I have five friends, maybe, yeah, five or six friends that, yeah, this is a 10 in my life where I really feel totally secure in this relationship where I can pick up the phone at any time and give them a call. They can call me at any time. There's never any weirdness. We're there for each other. We trust each other. We enjoy each other's company. It's just the slam dunk kind of friendship. And then I look at the other, you know, 20 friendships that I have that are, you know, weekly stuff or people I speak to at some point every month, you know, that are like a seven or an eight or don't feel so good all the time or there's something in the way there. Maybe there's a relationship where I feel like I carry a really heavy load or that there's, it's a one-sided relationship. You know, I'm not getting as much out of this friendship like the other person is. Why am I still there? That's the question. Why do we waste our time with relationships that aren't slam dunks just because, well, at some point we used to be better friends or yeah, this is part of my family. It's like, I have to keep them there because it's family, right? Like how much do we sacrifice because of this idea of family? I'm really, I, th I think right now, because we are in this place of total uncertainty, everything is up in the air. Why not use this as a time to question those things that actually don't feel like slam dunks? If it's the daily habits and rituals and practices that you have in your life, if something is there that steals your energy, that steals your peace, that steals your health, oh my God, the health part, part is a huge part. Now is a really good time to start working those things out of your life. And the things that you know you can identify as slam dunk habits now is the time to integrate them, right? To get really disciplined around them, to, to continue coming back to them, even when it's hard, you know, perhaps you have a, a way of moving your body that, you know, it's the best for you, but sometimes getting to it, it's the hardest thing. You know, it's like, I, <laughs> I have this love, love, hate relationship with running. 
and putting on my running shoes, like getting out the door is the hardest, hardest part. The first minutes of that run, it's like, oh my God. And then at the end of it, this thing that I felt was like a drag actually was a slam dunk practice because of how I feel afterwards, right? How it makes me feel when that practice is done. So how can I do more of that? That thing that fills me up, whether it's meditation or movement or dance or something creative, like make more space for the tense in your life and then start eliminating the things that don't make sense anymore. Because right now, if you are not anchored into the things that fill you up, I don't know from a personal place, if I wasn't doing these things now, I don't know how I would make it through the end of this year. I, I don't know what that means, you know, not making it through the year, like, like, like I'll be alive, I'll be here, but making it through, through the year in a sense of feeling like one whole person, you know, actually feeling like, like I enjoy my life, even when things are hard, even when hard things keep happening, because it's not like everything is fine now. Actually, in the past week, Dennis and I, we had like three pieces of bizarre news <laughs> come our way. It's just something that, something hard, something weird, like adding to the weirdness of this week. And I feel fine about that, which I think if I, if I wasn't, if I wasn't doing my practice, right, if I wasn't sitting in silence every day right now, if I wasn't super serious about my health, so I'm not talking just physical health, mental health, emotional health so important, most important, I probably wouldn't be okay. I would be spinning about this stuff that has come our way. And every time we get a hard piece of news, it's like, oh my God, another thing to add to this mountain of shit of this year. And instead it's like, okay, you know, I can, I can allow this to be what it is. I can trust that we're going to figure it out the way we figure all our stuff out in the end. You know, even the things that felt unfigureoutable at the end of the day, we figured them out. We moved on. So how about this as a full moon practice? <laughs> I love this actually for Aries. I don't know if you can tell, I had no plan for this podcast today. Just kind of sharing where I am and what's, what's going through my mind right now. But how about this as a full moon practice today or a practice you can do at any time, but I think it's really good right now with a full moon in Aries. Full moon in Aries is a great time to take action, right? So if you've been obsessing about this thing that you want to do, or something you want to quit, or a new habit you want to really anchor into, a new goal you want to fulfill, you know, a new project you want to embark on, like this is go time. Like full moon in Aries is really go time. It's fire. It's let's do this. So how about right now you take a moment this evening, if you can go sit outside under the light of the full moon. So even if you're listening to this on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we are in this full moon energy for a couple of days. It's a really good time to sit down and then really distinguish between what are the practices that I have in my life, the people that I have in my life, the places, the things that are tense, right? And what am I willing to live with right now? Can I live with an eight or a nine? Well, what about a four or a five? And what are the things that I'm ready to eliminate, to walk away from, or at least spend less energy feeding? And this is also a really important thing that I've realized lately that if I, if I re, if I, if I kind of come to terms with, okay, this is not serving me anymore, right? If it's a relationship or whatever it is, I don't have to blow it up into a million pieces. <laughs> and that's how I used to think about something. Like if I decided I don't like this anymore, 
I'm done with this person now. Um, I'm done with this practice. I don't have to announce it to the whole world. If it's a relationship that isn't serving me, I don't have to tell that person that, hey, this is over. You're the worst. Goodbye forever. (laughs) You know, I can simply cease feeding that thing that isn't of use to me, right? So if that's the case, I can stop bringing so much attention to the thing that isn't working in my life. I can stop obsessing about it. I can stop talking about it, thinking about it, doing the thing, right? Or, or, or if it's a relationship, I can put more energy into the relationships that are tense because of course it is me feeding those relationships that don't do me good, right? And I can also draw a line in the sand, set a boundary, communicate how I feel. Like I can do all of those things, but I don't have to, I don't have to create drama, with that realization of the fact that I'm done with something. And I think a lot of us, we think that it's that all or nothing thing. You know, if I decide I don't want this anymore, I don't want this relationship, I don't want this practice, that it's like we have to, you know, sweeping statement, (laughs) like here it is. And that feels really daunting and it maybe feels confrontational and maybe even feels final. And right now you don't have to make any final decisions about anything. You can go with what you feel, And then choose how you redirect your energy. And that's it. You know, it's like if you start feeding the relationships that feel like slam dunks, automatically some of the energy you normally spend on the relationships that aren't slam dunk, that's going to just be redirected. So the relationships that are great, they might blossom. You know, you might find a new level of intimacy and vulnerability there. And you might just realize that that relationship that felt like a burden, like a challenge, that it just falls away you know, without any drama, without any pain. It's very rare for us, I think, to be in relationships, whether it's friends, family, romantic, that are slam dunk to one person and a four or a five to the other. You know, I I don't think that's possible. I think if you are in a relationship that isn't really working, that's going to be felt on both levels. So your, your energy is really, really fucking precious. Why are you spending it in areas that doesn't serve you? You know, that's a really good question. Like let this full moon illuminate all the things that you have going on in your life right now that actually don't make any sense. (laughs) And I'm laughing now because it's like, I have spent so much time doing so much stuff that doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) And I did that because I didn't know that it didn't make sense right? So that's the blessing of 2020 is we are faced with all the shit that doesn't work, right? The things that were under the surface forever, kind of like, it's like we've slapped bandaid after bandaid on top of a infected wound. And there's like pus coming out of there and it hurts and it's throbbing and it's obvious that it's not working, but we just put another bandaid on and we just look the other way. Like we've done that with so much in our society. We've done that with so much in our personal lives, trying to avoid confrontation, trying to remain in this place of sort of false comfort. You know, it's like as a society living with all of these racist structures and systems in our day-to-day lives. And then sort of thinking that this is all, this is all just what it is, right? It's like we, we just accept it. No, you know, <laughs> there, there's going to be a deep, deep, deep level of discord inside each of us. Whenever there's any kind of injustice for any part of our society, all of us as a whole are going to experience that. 
And even the people benefiting from it, even the people benefiting from that privilege on the opposite end of the spectrum are going to have a loss connected to that. We've all just been in this false, false place of stuff is fine, you know, when it's not. And I think right now, if you are just like me experiencing an unbelievable amount of discord, of discomfort, of loss, of things falling away, of confrontation, of weird shit, you know, that is a good thing. I genuinely think that that means that it means you are getting with the program. It means that energetically you are aligning with change. You're stepping up to this next level of frequency right now. And it's part of evolving all of us together. And especially if you're a white person, especially if you've been benefiting from from this kind of privilege for a long time and things are being shook up, that it, it, it comes with that, right? I don't think we can actually make any change for anybody anywhere sitting in our comfortable little box, just, just, just hanging out there. If this year has been easy for you, I don't think you're going to have the rewards of the kind of growth that is hopefully available to, to, to the rest of us. And it's hard to remember when we're in the midst of the storm, right? That, hey, universe is throwing me around right now because I'm ready for that, right? And anyone who's, 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 who's kind of lulled to sleep right now or, or, or everything is still fine and everyone who, anyone who isn't like basically turning on the news wanting to rip their hair out right now, <laughs> like if that's you, I don't know if anyone, anyone out there is like everything is wonderful, but wanting to rip your hair out right now looking at the news, like that makes sense, right? That makes you normal. That means you have a big heart that beats for other people, for justice. It means that you want to make a change. You want to be part of change. And to be part of change on a human global level, you're also going to experience change on that personal individual level as well. So it's kind of like shaking off all the dust right now so that you can see clearly of like, oh my God, I spent all of this time feeding energy into an area of my life that I don't want to spend time immersed in right? Maybe you're killing yourself, working your butt off in a field that doesn't nourish you, right? Or for a career that doesn't make sense to you anymore, or for something that doesn't fulfill your soul, you know, maybe with this feeling of like, I don't know why I'm here anymore. Could be just the opportunity to pause and evaluate, like, why am I here? What am I meant to be doing? And it's also, I think, comes along with this beautiful realization that I have a lot of power, I can choose where I direct my energy. And for me, that's been really empowering over this past month. It's like, hey, when I direct my energy to getting up really early and watching the sunrise in the morning versus directing my energy to staying on the couch till 1 a.m. watching Netflix, like that makes a massive difference in my life. Of course it does. But I felt really powerless. Like I'm so tired. How will I get off the couch? I'm so depressed. How will I get off the couch? How will I make this change? It's going to be too hard. And then it's like the moment we step out of the cycle, even a tiny, 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 tiny bit, like begin walking your dog again, you know, that's enough to propel you into a different kind of energy. And it's also telling the universe that, hey, you're in charge and you take this life really seriously. You get one chance at this, you know, who knows what, what you'll reincarnate as next life. Like this is your life right now. This is your body. This is your heart. This is your precious mind. Where are you spending your day? You know, how are you spending your time? What are you focusing on? What is it that you are here to actually create? 
because you're creating all day, every day. You know, right now, listening to this podcast, you are in the process of creation. So let's be super mindful of how we spend our time right now. Take care of yourself like it's like it's life or death because it is. And then take a moment throughout, you know, tonight or this weekend to have a little ceremony where you sit outside under the night sky, you know, take a moment with the moon if you can and really evaluate what are the slam dunk things, practices, people that I have in my life that I really want to commit to that make me feel good. And how can I bring more energy into them? And then what are the things that don't make sense anymore? And sometimes by letting those things fall away, we open up this big, big space of unknown in our lives. And that's fucking terrifying, which is why change is so hard. It's like when we say goodbye to something, it feels like destruction, right? It feels like everything is falling away. We're losing that steady ground, but that's part of integrating the new life. It's part of actually making space for the things that you do want. And it comes with having the courage and I think the ability to sit with the discomfort of, I don't know what the fuck is going on with my life (laughs) and letting yourself dwell there. If that's what you're feeling right now is, I don't know what the fuck is going on with my life. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm here to do. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what next step to take. Congratulations. We're in it together and something fantastic fantastic is on its way to you right now. Something mind-blowing is integrating in your life. But to get to that next step, you have to weather the storm, you know, and give yourself that space to just accept that right now, I don't know. And until I know, I'm going to take that time every day to do what fills me up, you know, to get up at five, to do my yoga, to sit in silence, to spend time with my kids, to eat healthy foods, to eliminate the things that don't make me feel good and just focus on that for right now. Like right now your job is taking care of yourself. You don't have to know what's next. Just trust. Just trust. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in today with me. I I love and adore you and you listening to this right now makes me feel less alone. I love that we're on this journey together. We are going to share about, I think next week we are announcing, I'm going to do an at-home retreat, uh, which I'm so excited about with meditations and journaling and deep, deep, deep practices twice a day for an entire week, along with amazing recipes and meditations and I'm so, so excited to have more of this community integration and to share these practices that have really changed my life. So if you want to immerse yourself even more, stay on the lookout for our at-home retreat that I'm announcing super, super soon. Until then, have a really good week. Have a good weekend. Enjoy this full moon and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.